0: the Art of the Album podcast. Since the 1970s, the self-taught graphic artist Terry Pasta has worked for clients all across the world, creating iconic imagery with masterful flourishes of his airbrush. He's best known, though, for his two covers for David Bowie. Those albums kick-started Bowie's career, Hunky Dory and Ziggy Stardust. For this episode, I am handing the microphone into the very capable hands of music journalist and friend of Hyper Gallery, Terry Sacone. So over to her.
1: Hi, everybody. My name is Terry Sacone. I'm here with Terry Pastor, who's an artist. And before we get started, I'd like to say that this is a Hyper Gallery podcast. Welcome, artist Terry Pastor, whose reputation was powered in the music industry with his two David Bowie album sleeves that he, he made. Welcome, Terry Pastor.
0: Hi. Hello, Terry.
1: Okay. So I guess we should start with Bowie's Hunky Dory, which was your first sleeve for David Bowie. Do you want to tell us about the genesis of that, please?
0: Well, uh, genesis is probably... A bit of a highfalutin word for it, but yeah, I mean, it all came about through a friend that was actually a a school friend of David's and he was an illustrator and had done a a cover for Hunky and David didn't really want to use it and he suggested to do this coloured photograph of his, you know, head and shoulders and my friend couldn't do that sort of work, so he said, could I do it? Which I said, yeah, I'll I'll do that. And uh, there was no art direction with it, it was just, I was just given this sort of rather grainy black and white shop and um, I just sort of colored it the way I thought it might work and uh, with the airbrush with with photo dyes and transparent inks and then when it came to the title lettering that was just done with a, a recent typeface at the time I think called Bippo and it was a letter set sort of rubbed down transfer typeface which I think I probably did on a what they call coder trace, which you could then position it where you like on the cover and when it was photographed for print the coded trace was transparent, so you know it just showed up just with the lettering and nothing else. So that that was quite simple, really. David must have liked it because you know. Then later on, he gave me the Ziggy cover to do. So,
1: I'd like to talk to you about your airbrushing technique, which you used with Bowie. Yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about it?
0: Well, if you're trying to color photographs or tint photographs, you have to use transparent colors because otherwise it'll just cover. was there already so you can't really use brush or watercolor you have to use transparent inks or photo dyes and that way although there's color there there's total transparency and because of that you can mix the color actually on your work by if you say you sprayed yellow on first and then you spray some blue on it would go green as we all know blue and yellow make green So it was a case of working up colors through just putting different amounts of different colors one over the other to get subtle effects. So it was a fairly simple technique, really, you know, using an airbrush, but it takes a bit of practice.
1: I'm sure it does. And the cover itself of Hunky Dory is quite timeless, but it's sort of resonant of impressionistic paintings. And yet, like, I guess the 1920s, 1930s vibe.
0: Would you agree? Yeah, I think David had this sort of thing, a bit of a Greta Garbo sort of pose. I think that's that was the idea behind it. I mean, because David was definitely, even at that stage, really into the theatrical stuff and he wanted that sort of feel. Although, having seen the whole role of film shot for that session, they were more or less the same, just slightly different poses, just head and shoulders. There were others on there that I thought were better, but that was David's choice.
1: And did you have any feedback or interference from the record label or anything like that?
0: No, not at all. It was it was a really lovely job in that sense. There was no art direction, just cover it up, and and that was it. And the next thing I saw, it was published. So you know everybody was happy, and that's a perfect job for an artist to not have aggravation from people wanting things changed or you know I don't like that colour, I don't like that sky, don't like that whatever it is you painted in there. So it, it was brilliant in that sense. And luckily, David liked it as well. I mean, I suppose I could have done it horribly wrong. But, you know, the colours are fairly subtle in it, so there's nothing too extreme. It was fairly sort of soft in, in colour choice. I think I find mostly with doing record covers, particularly, there's not normally too much of a problem because I think you know, musicians are artistic people in their own way and they're pretty happy with whatever they get within reason. I don't think I've ever had a problem doing any record covers where I've had alterations to do.
1: Right. Before I ask you a couple of more questions about your career, I just want to focus on the back of the the sleeve, the reverse sleeve, the back of the album cover.
0: Yeah.
1: Did you have any input? It's a black and white photo of Bowie. Yeah.
0: Do you have any No, I, I, yeah, I know that I know the back very well, obviously. And no, I had nothing to do with that at all. Okay. Not, not involved with that, in the least. So, I mean, I wish I had been, but I have a feeling, the fact that, you know, a, a period of time had gone by, obviously, where some artwork had been done, which David wasn't too keen on. And I think by the time I was asked to do the cover, maybe they were running out of time. Right. I, I, I don't know for sure, but I know that I did, I think I did the artwork probably the summer of 71, And it was released in December. There's a few months, a few months between, but but that was the same with Ziggy. I think I did it in January and it was published in June. So it's a similar sort of period between doing the artwork and it actually being released.
1: Right. And the reason why I mentioned the back cover also is because in our next segment we'll talk, we'll discuss hopefully Ziggy Stardust and the whole vibe of Bowie's appearance, his style is completely reinvented from yeah. the one he had for hunky dory obviously he, he changed character characters and he became ziggy but uh, i just wanted to have you tell everyone a little bit about yourself before we finish and that is that you worked a lot in the ad world the advertising world and book covers and all kinds of other things. Why did you like working in the music industry and book covers versus the advertising world? Can you give us a compare and contrast between those two worlds?
0: Yeah, well, I think with with advertising, it was on rails, really. I mean, an art director would say, this is what we want done, and they just wanted my ability to to do a technical job, whereas with record covers... And book jackets, you know, I mean, you could be fairly creative within reason. I think sometimes with musicians, they just say, I like your work, just do what you like. And we'll like it, which wouldn't always work, I guess. But in my case, luckily, it always did. With advertising work, it paid very well, but I didn't really like doing it. And there was no real empathy between me and the subject. Whereas every record cover and the record that is contained within it is totally different to the next one. I've never really been asked to do record covers for, say, my musical heroes. Mind you, most of them are dead. But I'd love to have done, like, a little Richard cover or maybe an Elvis Presley cover. The Rolling Stones, I wouldn't have minded doing a cover for. In fact, when I was probably 17, I was a big fan of the Rolling Stones. And I did a, you know, a cover for my own enjoyment of the Rolling Stones. I did send it to Decca Records, but they just sent it back oh but i think for a 17 year old it wasn't a bad effort really
1: oh god no that was ballsy that really was before we say goodbye on this segment with hunky is there anything else you want to say about the album cover and because that was right before i guess right before bowie really took off hugely wouldn't you say
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, David said to me after Hunger came out, he was worried about his career because it didn't sell well. And and then, you know, you know Ziggy came out within a few months of the release of that he was mega. And then, of course, because of the fame he had from Ziggy, then Hunky Dory sold very well. I think, as I say, at the time, my heroes, I mean, like, you know, I was what, same age as David, I was about 24, 23, 24. And my musical taste was sort of set in a way with all the old rock and rollers and, and rhythm and blues and, and blues. And I thought Hunky Dory and Ziggy were, you know, pretty poppy, really, and not really my sort of thing. But over the years, they've grown on me in the sense that now you, you realise that a lot of the music is very classic, as pop music goes. You know, it, it couldn't be better, in fact, really. It's, a, it's sort of like it's, they're memorable tunes. I mean, how often do you hear stuff and you think, well, it sounds like the last record I heard. Whereas I think both those LPs were, were, yeah, they stood out, definitely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So on the next segment, we'll discuss Ziggy with you. And maybe we can talk a little bit about your background as well. And thank you so much, Terry, for discussing Hunky Dory with us. And uh, we'll see you on the next
0: episode. Okay. Yeah, my pleasure.
1: Have a great day.
0: Bye, everyone. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.